Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. everyone it's pav and it's neil and we just want to say a massive shout out to Lindsay arnold who was our latest patreon peeper patreon peeper Lindsay arnold thank you very much for all that you have done for us and i hope you enjoy the exclusive content that you will be receiving every week and she's not only a patreon peeper she is a peeper supreme mm. so she will be receiving her wonderful wtaf limited edition badge and um, she's in the draw for the November uh, prize giveaway. Um, so, yes, thank you so much, Lindsay, for your support. Um, I, we hope you enjoy all of the uh, exclusive content. And uh, if you want to be like Lindsay, and why shouldn't you be like Lindsay? If you want to be a peeper. Indeed. Go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Uh, you can do one pound just be a normal peeper, two pound to be a dirty peeper, and five pound to be a peeper supreme. So go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF for all the details and be like Lindsay. And now, another episode of Hanging Out with the Bulls. Hey, Billy. Yes, Brian. You excited? What for? We're moving today. Are we? Where are we moving to? He's only gone and got himself a brand new pair of boxers. Ooh, really? Yeah, they're anti-chafing. Nice. No more rubbing together. <laughs> Ooh, no more friction. No more friction. And I tell you what, if anybody else wanted a pair of these boxers... You can get 20% off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com. M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use W-T-A-F as your discount code and you get 20% off plus free shipping. You could They could give their balls a new home. Ah, uh, who doesn't want to rehome their balls? Everybody should. Exactly. Manscaped.com. Discount code W-T-A-F. 20% off and free shipping. Give your balls a new home. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hello, this is Kerry, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country Podcast. First, he's the man that has been bouncing back and forth like Flubber from the film Flubber. It's Neil. It's not the first time I've been called that name. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Flubber, you said. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thought you meant Blubber. (laughs) No, 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 no. I wouldn't say something. I, I have no... I have no position to say something like that, Neil. Oh, bless you. Uh, Now, our special superfan guest for our 150th episode is a TV and radio presenter and was one of the original presenters alongside Chris Evans for the groundbreaking Channel 4 show, The Big Breakfast. She also once presented a show 
for a full 28 hours to see in the year 2000. That's according to Wikipedia. Let's hope this interview doesn't feel that long for her. Please welcome the one and only for our 150th episode, Gabby Roslin. Yay! You know what? It was 28 and a half hours. Was it? Well, I... well, I know we're going to talk about this country, but I want to start off with that. Yeah, of course you, we are. Of course you know, we are. That's why I'm here. <laughs> but you know what? You know what Wikipedia is like, and I hate it when I have to do a little bit of research and you have to go to Wikipedia because, like, anybody can put anything on there about people. And I looked at that and I thought, nah, that's someone just taking the mick. That can't be true. Yes, I so, did. were you on screen for twenty-eight hours or twenty-eight yeah, and a half? Twenty-eight and a half. Uh, yes, um, from the minute we went on air to see the new year in. And I had different um, co-hosts with me, so different male co-hosts. But I did the whole thing straight through. And even we went off air, I think, we weren't off air, but we went, we did a link to um, Saturday Morning Kids Telly on the Saturday morning. And um, whilst that was happening, I was in the studio pre-recording the highlights package. So, yes, I was fully on. And then I... Came off. I don't drink booze anymore, but those days I did, and I had uh, about two sips of champagne, and I was buggered. I literally, <laughs> I got so drunk on two sips because I hadn't sat down. I, you know, I'd been talking for twenty eight and a half hours, and I remember having, and then thinking, all I want is some chips. And we went everywhere because it was New Year's Day on the Millennium. There was nowhere open, so I sort of fell asleep. Absolutely out. Did you, what did you have to do to prepare for that long, Gabby? Um, not a lot. I mean, it's, I like ad-libbing and I never stop talking, so we might talk for 28 and a half hours. On <laughs> but um, uh, weirdly, at the very beginning of the show, we were about 10 minutes in, and my first co-host was Michael Parkinson. And, I mean, I got to work with Michael Parkinson and Michael Palin and Hugh Edwards and all sorts of people. But... Um, uh, but about 15 minutes in, 10, 15 minutes in, I got in my earpiece because you have earpieces on live telly. And they said, oh, Gabby, all the cameras have gone down around the world. So you, uh, you can't go to script. So can you just ad lib? And in my head, I thought, oh, my God, I've got to ad lib for the next 28 hours. What the <laughs> hell am I doing? We got some of the cameras working again and we did go. We went all around the world. So we get, we got all the first um uh, the midnights all around the world. It was an incredible thing to be a part of. Absolutely. I, I can remember watching, like, I think it was Australia that was first. It's always Australia that's first, isn't it? I think because of the, the time differences and stuff. And when it became the year 2000, I got very emotional for some reason. I don't normally celebrate like New Year's Eve. It's just one of those things that isn't like done in our family as such. But it was weird that 2000, I don't know whether it's because the millennium bug, everything's going to crash. And, and nothing happened. And nothing <laughs> happened. Well, apart from all your cameras not not working, obviously that was... Yeah, but that but... wasn't the millennium bug. I think that was just somebody who didn't plug in a camera. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're doing something like that, like Neil said, there's no sort of training for it. Is it just the adrenaline that gets you through those 28 and a half hours? Um. I do it every day if I could because I love it. I love live television. There is nothing quite as fantastic. So uh, no, it, yeah, it was adrenaline. I didn't. I was eating. I was drinking chamomile tea and eating bananas. So that's what got me through it. Really, very rock and roll, not. <laughs> very, very <laughs> and how long was the recovery afterwards, then, Gabby? Uh, I woke up that night. So I, had, I fell asleep. We fin- we came off air about lunchtime or something. And then I had my two sips of champagne, came off air and remember speaking to my agent, lovely, lovely man, speaking to him about eight o'clock that evening. And he was saying, how did it all go? And it was just like a blur. And then I got very upset because I wanted, I said, can I do it again tomorrow, please? I loved it so <laughs> much. And he just, he, he told me I was completely mad. But I did, I loved it. That's awesome. That yeah. really is. Right. There's, there's loads of other stuff we want to uh, talk about, but let's get on to this country. How did you first find out about the show? I, saw, I watched the trails going out on the BBC and then lockdown happened. So I'm absolutely, um, uh, it, I, I fell into watching them all when lockdown happened. So we'd seen a few and I was obsessed and I saw, I saw some of the last series um, first and thought, this is fantastic. And then said to my husband, 
you've got to watch this. And he was like, yeah, but I went, no, come on, the end of the evening, we're going to watch this. And then that was the first night. And then every single night we watched all of them every night. And we went through all the seasons. And then we went all the way back again. And then we go to our favourites. And and he and I both have exactly the same favourite. But we loved it. We lapped it up. And it was, I, I, I know it sounds an exaggeration, but I really think that's what got us through lockdown in the early days and then I was very lucky to um chat to Daisy a lot and um consider her a a chum now and adore her and we did some Instagram lives and then she was on a show I did with Hello um, magazine and she's just an angel and so funny and her Mm -hmm. real her, her story of how you know her whole thing everything about her is brilliant and I think her and her brother are fantastic and that her dad is her real dad. I mean, all the stuff that you know and you talk about all the time on your podcast, mm. but as a newbie to it, and then when I started reading up about it, I was going, oh my God, and I can't wait for more. She keeps promising that there's going to be more. Well, we hope there will be. We really do. So you mentioned favourites, Gabby. What, what, which ones are your favourites? Well, my very favourite moment, and she knows this, and I just laugh at the minute. <laughs> 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 shoe and the train you see for people who haven't seen it i don't want no spoilers i I hate giving spoilers because i know friends Mm. of mine haven't seen it and then i get a text from them at sort of four o'clock in the morning oh my god i can't stop this is brilliant um but the shoe and the train is one of the funniest things ever and i just and i love vicar as well the three of them together oh my god it's just it's it's beautiful it's beautifully done there's there's the poignancy and the charm and the kindness and the warmth and and the humor it's exactly my sense of humor so I don't think there is there's not one weak link in it it's brilliant truly sorry Gabby I was going to say does the the situation that they're in resonate at all with you when you grew up (laughs) no not at all really (laughs) um (laughs) I, I suppose it's a good thing. Um, no, no, it doesn't. But I just, I tell you, it's very funny because I've spoken to friends of mine who I, I, I mean, everybody I talk about on my radio show every week, and um, and and then Daisy came on to the radio show, and then all I got all of my TV reviewers and everybody to watch it, and I had a few messages from people who went, "Oh my word, this is my life growing up." But I was London born and bred in in a city. And so I suppose for me, it, it's very far removed. But for friends of mine, there's a particular friend of mine, which I might tell you off, um, off recording. And yet you might want to g- get him on this because I think he'd quite enjoy it. I, I know he'd really enjoy it. And um, he just said, oh, my God, that, that was my childhood. That was my life. I know those people. Mm. I was just wondering, because like we've spoken to lots of people and they've some of them have said like you that it doesn't really resonate but it's almost like everybody seems to have known a big mandy type though doesn't matter (laughs) it doesn't matter where you live yeah there's always someone that is like big mandy uh i just wondered whether or not like living in london there is anybody in your past that is like big mandy oh my god there's probably lots of people like lots of them because they Mm. actually make up uh bits of them all make up one person I suppose mm. in many ways um but I know I'm not gonna lie and I don't really know any of the characters I suppose the only one that I probably have met before well I suppose yeah you would come across her dad so their dad her dad so you would come across him and you probably and the vicar there is sort of you know in over the years you've met people like that the kindness of oh my god he's just <laughs> so were you a fan of the mockumentary style before you saw this yes yeah 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 i I have i mean obviously people always go on about the office but here's the thing i think the office make the office makes me cringe and i get embarrassed and i know you're supposed to so it does what 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 they want it to do but whereas this country doesn't Mm. you don't feel guilty laughing at them because they're in on the joke so i suppose that's the difference and mm. and obviously um spinal tap loved spinal tap all those years ago 
and then uh, Best in Show mm. as well. But I suppose those are the only ones. It was one of the things that made me laugh when it first started. After the first couple of episodes and people didn't realise that it was a mockumentary, that they it, on Twitter there was some criticism about how the show was making people from the Cotswolds look stupid. Yes. Because they, they thought it was a real documentary. And it always made me, I suppose maybe because we know Daisy and Charlie and we knew from the start that it was a a comedy show. It's just weird how some people will will not look at things at face value and will think that, well, this is a documentary and this is this is really taking the mick out of some people. And you've, I mean, we found, I thought, I thought, oh my God, well, I come from the Cotswolds. I don't like... I don't sound stupid, do I? Maybe I do. I don't. Oh, I love you. You know what? I love the accent, and that is such a London thing to say, isn't it? Because we're all we're all sort of brought up, and we have a London accent, and then suddenly you get people with that. I love accents. That's a whole other conversation. But I love accents from all over the UK. I really do. Right. Um, but yeah, it's funny that some people aren't quite sure. And when I told my dad, who's in his eighties, I said, "Dad, you've got to watch this," and he watched it, and he went. It's very funny, but it's, it's not. It's not real. I mean, for he, thank God he got the joke. Yeah. I went, no, it's not. He said, "I can imagine some people would think it was real." I said, no, Dad. No. Yes, they do probably, but you didn't. He went, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> maybe for a split second he might have, and he wasn't telling me. Yeah. So after you saw series three, then Gabby, did it give you the uh, resolutions that you wanted, or if, I if want you more, wanted more, any? More, 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 more. More, 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 more. Okay, I mean, the thing is, now that now that you and Daisy are friends, this is it. You've got her ear now, so you can just keep going. You could do a lot of the fans' work. Well, and, we did. Really... We completely did. So live, when we when I spoke to her twice, she said that they're going to do um, a Christmas special. Mm. I don't know if she was. She just had a baby. I don't think she was thinking properly in the middle. Yeah, of- it's weird, because when we, we had them in just as series three was starting, it was like the last time we had them in and they were saying, you know, no, that's it. That's it. We're not, we won't be doing any more. But then it was sort of talk about maybe in 10 years time, they go back to the village and see what, you know, what, what has changed or if anything has changed or that I think would be really interesting because it gives them a chance to go off and do other things. And then to come back, I would be fascinated to see what, what Daisy and Charlie, well, Kerry and Kurt. No. You're not going to wait that long, are you? No. No, I'm going to stalk her. I'm going to sit outside her house. I haven't spoken to Charlie, though. Tell me about Charlie. I mean, we've said it a million times. They are the sweetest family, all of them, that you could ever possibly meet. And Charlie is, um, like Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, very humble. He's so humble. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, yes. (laughs) He's so humble. And they're just, you know, I don't think all of this happens in a world around them, I think. And they, I don't, I'm, I'm obviously I'm talking for them, but it feels like they don't quite understand why all this fuss is going on because they're quite grounded, which I think is beautiful. It hasn't changed them after, you know, three seasons and a special. No, I think they're lovely. Yeah, they really are. Char- I wouldn't. I would say Charlie's not as outgoing as Daisy. No, when you have a, when you have an interview with him, Gabby, but he's also very. His humour is. It's there. You'll you'll see where the humor in the show comes from when you if you ever do get the chance to interview him, he, he's a joy. <laughs> yeah, and, and and curtain comes out when you talk to him, curtain comes out every it pops his head out a little bit every so often. <laughs> which I think is really good. Whereas with Daisy, Daisy's just Daisy, you know, she's like this whirlwind of of everything, you know. Whereas whereas uh, you know, Charlie, every so often he'll say something, you go, That's just like Curtin would say that. That's just like oh, Curtin. Um, so what's who's your favorite character then? Well, that's a silly question. Well, I mean, I suppose you're going to say Kerry, aren't you? You don't want to upset Daisy. (laughs) Kerry, well, actually, do you know what? Funnily enough, um, I was thinking, I knew you'd ask me, obviously, and I thought, I don't really have a favourite because I love the three of them. Mm. And and Vicar as well, but the the three of them, I love the relationship. So I love how they all work off each other, but Kerry is my favourite. But I don't want her to. I don't. I don't really have a favourite, but I. I love Daisy. <laughs> if you see what I mean. So I think I. I'm going to put the three of them together because I just the three of them. I think the relationship is so beautiful. It's so beautiful, and there's such when when Curtin comes out with those really knowledgeable, bright, 
intelligent um, answers and questions and thoughts. And I sit there with my husband and go, oh, you see, listen to him. Yeah, I love, so there's, there's favourite bits of all of them, really. Mm. So um, I was going to say as well, uh, if we took away Kerry then and uh, Curtin and the supporting cast, uh, do you have, who, who else are your favourites? Because you've got like Len, um, Big Mandy, as we've mentioned. Um, or is it just Kerry? It's just Kerry. <laughs> it is, isn't it? No, it's all, it actually is. is yeah, it's interesting because you say the supporting cast. I think, it, it, like I said, there's not a, a weak link. I think it's all superb. So I don't want you to take any away. <laughs> and, uh, I like it just the way it is. And that's not me. That's actually, um, I, that's not me just not answering the question. I just think as a complete piece of beautifully written and performed comedy drama, I think as a complete package, it's perfect. They, they've never ruled out a movie. Would that be something that would appeal to you? Yes, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I do worry that when a movie happens of something that's that's so intimate that it makes it a little bit too big. Mm. I would go and see it and I'd cheer it on and I'm sure I'd love every minute of it because every time it's finished, I don't want it to be finished. But you worry that seeing it in a cinema, it would take away the intimacy. And it is a very intimate uh, relationship that we have with them because they're so, uh, that seems so ridiculous because I know it's a comedy, but but you get to really know those characters and you're doing it at home and they're part of your life. Whereas mm. if you're in the cinema, and I'm a huge cinema fan and I've, I've got a show all about the movies, but but yes, I, I don't know. I'm surprised you asked me. So I wasn't ready with the answer <laughs> and I don't know. There we go. But it's also that it's the claustrophobic feeling of living in the village where Curtin seems to want to break away from that, whereas Kerry's quite happy to live in that bubble, if you want to use a term from 2020. Yes. Uh, whereas, and, I, and again, I've, I listened back to our episode where we chatted to Daisy and Charlie, and I think it was one of our older episodes, and Neil asked about a movie, and Daisy said that it's not, if you take them out of the village, it's, it would, won't work. Yeah, that's how I. Well, there we go. There Said we go. The right things, yeah. From, she from, answered her own question. Then she, answered, did. she did, and I honestly forgot that we'd asked her that question. So there you go. We so can stop I. asking people that question now. Yeah, but she didn't rule it out of the press screening, did she? She said that it's something that they would look at. So. Well, exactly. I mean, the thing is, they've they've said one thing, and then obviously they've, they've told Gabby that there's going to be a, a, a Christmas special. Well, no, she did. Um, she said it live on Instagram, and then she said it on my radio show, and she said it on. Um, on the thing I did with Hello Magazine. So, I, you know, she was very, very up for it. And mm. she said, well, because they know that everybody still wants more. Mm. I think you were left wanting more, which is always a good thing, which is always a good thing in any show. You know, you don't, I think they don't want to, to, um, to fail or people to fall out of love with it. I'm sure that's what their minds are thinking, but mm. I don't think they would. And I don't think people will fall out of love with it. I don't no. think so. No, um, we will come back to um, to this country. I, I need to, 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 if okay, to chat to you about the Big Breakfast, if that's okay. Um, oh, I was a massive, massive fan of the Big Breakfast um, right from the, the very start, and it was one of those programs that seemed to ch- to change everything about morning breakfast shows. When you joined that, is that was that the intention to completely sort of just wipe everything everyone else away and do something completely unique um well it gosh i it wasn't down to me but the um i had my auditions for this new show and when i was doing saturday morning telly before that i used to say i'd love to do this every day of the week so when i got the call about that i couldn't quite believe it and then i think it just it sort of just happened we uh, it, it was we had um signpost and flagpost and we knew what we were going to do but chris it just sort of just developed sort of on air mm. Mm. um uh and chris is a genius to work with chris you know i i don't think they actually thought right we're gonna go in there and we're gonna smash 
everything that anybody is used to. I, they were they were bring, bringing in something daring and new, but I don't think they went in to think, right, you know what, we're coming here, out the way, everyone. It, it wasn't like that, no. But it was also the success must have been the kudos between you and um, Chris, because your dynamic between the pair of you was fantastic and never replicated, really, in my opinion. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. Well, the thing is that Chris and I really did and really do get on. Mm. And really, every time I go onto his radio show, we give that funny look where we go, oh, my God, we know when each still, this is 28 years ago next week that we started it. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> we can still, we know when each other's going to breathe and what each other is thinking. And it freaks out my family here at home because we listen to Chris, obviously, in the morning. And um, and I'll say something, and then my daughter will look at me. She go, "Mum, listen." I go, "What?" So Chris just said the same thing, and it's very weird. And I'll sing a track, and suddenly it will be on his show five minutes later. And and you know, I absolutely love him dearly and respect him hugely. And I think he's an enormous talent, and he's a good, good man. Did you know Chris like before the Big Breakfast, or did you audition no. together, or? Oh, no, no, he had, so he had it. So he did the pilot. And then um, I, the only thing I knew about Chris was that he did a kids TV show on Saturday mornings before Saturday morning telly. So he did something very early in the morning. And then we went on air at 9.25 with Motormouth. And I remember sitting in the makeup chair and watching him and we all laughed and thought he was very clever. And then I was called in for the audition to do a screen test with him. And then five screen tests later, I went back to the fifth one. And by now I was just, I so wanted to get it. And it was, it was quite, oh my God, oh my God, I've got to do it again. I've got to do it again. And then I went in for the fifth one and we started and then Chris stopped it and said, oh my God, just stop. Everyone stop, stop this. This is ridiculous. Just give her the job. And, um, <laughs> And I was dumbfounded and he, I just looked at him. I couldn't believe that he felt that, which was lovely to know. But we did, we had that, that's, don't know what, but it, we just fitted together really well. You had some phenomenal guests on there. Highlights for yourself? Oh my God. Uh, Tom Hanks, um, uh, Billy Crystal, the, redoing the um, orgasm scene from Harry Met <laughs> Sally with Billy Crystal is something I never thought would happen. Um, oh my God, they, they we we were they were all there. Everybody, every show, every film, everybody came in. Um, and actually, one of the precious people I took with me as well was Barbara Windsor, who mm. became a very, very, very dear friend, and um, I love her dearly. I love her and Scott dearly. And uh, so lots of people that I met on the show that are still my friends to this day, people who work behind the scenes and people in front. And obviously Paul O'Grady, everybody knows that he and I are still very good friends. And we do an Insta Live every week. Um, mm -hmm. Lockdown, we were together. So not together, but uh, on, on through the digital airways. So, um, yeah, I'm, it was a very, very, very special time. Mm, I can imagine. So when you're when you're sat or stood on set and you're about to interview, say Tom Hanks, and do you do you get nervous when I mean with with anybody that you're interviewing? Do you ever get nervous, or are you too focused on what you've got to do and, and like what your first question is? Um, do I ever get nervous? I don't. I don't get nervous. I get very very excited because I I as corny as it sounds, when I was three years old, I wanted to be a TV presenter, and that's all okay. I ever wanted to do all my life. And so, um, and I tell the story 70 times, so I apologise. But I, it was all I wanted to do. So I watched television, I watched film, I went to the theatre, everything to do with it. And I used to think, oh, and now when I interview them, I'm going to ask them whatever it is, and I'm going to do this. But I've, I learned over the years that the most important thing is not to uh, have an idea of the questions beforehand, just have a conversation. And I suppose that's what I still do and I I get very excited there's some in particular that I get very excited and I can't say who it is but I'm about to launch something very soon and I just interviewed so I've got three people in my um my dream list and I interviewed one of them so for me to interview that person I did cry afterwards 
Well, to be honest, we know how you feel because you were on our list. Oh, don't so, be silly. You just oh, have I, to say that. No, I'm not going to say I, I, I don't you care. You're big liars. I, I, I will tell you, there is a list. I have a list of about six or seven names of people that I want to get on the podcast. And your name was one of the people on the list. And I'm not oh. saying this because I'm talking to you. On it, that is on the honest... You honest. made my week. Thank you. Well, it's, it's weird because you say about not being too prepared for interviewing people. We, when we started podcasting, like we said before we come on air, like seven years ago, we, myself and Neil, have had no uh, experience, and we were interviewing people. All the, you know, we weren't interviewing people before we did podcasts. But it's a, it's a it's a thing that you learn. We hate doing loads of research because, like you say, it makes it more of a conversation if you're asking the questions and. Oh, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say. No, I know, I know what you more mean. More of a conversation. You have, to, you have to know what that person's done, otherwise. Yeah. But, but what I always say when when anybody um, ever asks me for advice, um, and they say, you know, oh, you know, I wanted, I want to be a TV presenter, I want to do live radio, I want to do, um, what advice would you give? And I always say, just listen. And also, if you prepare, the most important thing is to listen to your guest, and you're the least important person. The guest is the important one. But also, if you prepare it too much, so if you say to somebody, um, you say you found some research and you find out that they love a zebra. So you say to them, oh, when did I tell me all about your love of zebra? And they say, yeah, I love zebra. But actually, the thing I really like, I love elephants. And I saw an elephant in the wild. And you and then you're not listening and you go, yeah, but so when was it you first saw a zebra? It's like, no, they've gone off to the elephant. You go with them with the elephant and find out that story. So, so when did you like zebra? <laughs> I love them, and elephant <laughs> is my favorite animal. <laughs> and, and again, it's funny you say that. The very first time we chatted to Paul Cooper, um, I think Neil had sorted the the interview out. This was for another podcast, although it's on our WTAF feed. We did a, a, a podcast called Movie Heaven, uh, a bit like uh, Desert Island Discs, but for movies which I believe someone else is um, is doing one like that now, but we won't go into that. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a very successful podcast. But anyway, we're, we're not going to go down that it's old... It's not called Movie Heaven, is it? It's not called Movie Heaven. No, no, no. Um, but I, I didn't know what to talk to Paul about. I knew Paul, but we didn't really know anything. That was one of the funniest podcasts we ever did because it just went off on tangents that we had no idea it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I love those ones because you could spend two weeks writing and preparing for something and it wouldn't be as funny as something that is just off the cuff goes off on tangents that you're you're on that same wavelength that's the beauty i think of broadcasting audio broadcasting if you like so what do you do in in when you're not doing this you two we just have normal boring nine to five jobs undercover jobs yeah I, I, i work for a picture framers and uh i'm a delivery uh driver good for you don't yeah. say it like that. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> key worker. He's, it's a key not, worker. He's the backbone a key of Britain. Worker. He's the backbone of Britain. Oh, good for you. Did you work throughout the, the lockdown? Uh, yeah, and some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it for a supermarket you work for? Yes, yeah. Can I ask which one or is it a supermarket? Um, let's just say... Um, Waitrose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ricardo or Waitrose? Waitrose. Right, why have they changed? To, why, is it, why, why did they give up on a cut? What's going on with all of that? Oh, right. Well, let's, uh, an exclusive scoop. We, we would never... Wait, uh, Waitrose was never part of Ocado. It was just we supplied the food to Ocado. We then decided that our own dot-com operations, I suppose, were going off of through the roof, and we didn't need Ocado anymore. Ah, so we, we've got our own dot-com business. We do it all ourselves. Even though people to this day still think I'm an Ocado driver. You're yeah. actually a real weight. You're very posh then. A posh <laughs> Yeah. Well, if only you knew the truth. <laughs> you are, are you actually one of the people who physically takes it to the door? Yeah, yeah. I've got my little oh. van and off I go and look after my own little customers and community. Then and... you're really important. So thank you for all the work oh, that you did for everybody. There you go. Bless you. Thank you very much, Gabby. No, I really mean it. I think, you know, we all, uh, and quite rightly, um, uh, applauded uh, the the NHS staff, but all all you guys. If it hadn't been for all of you lot, can you imagine? I mean, everybody who couldn't get out. My dad is in his eighties. 
thank you. I really, mm. really, really mean it. And also, oh, bless you. Well, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's still going on now. We're still full. We're still oh, running at full oh. capacity. And yeah, I can't believe how rude. Um, we I always chat um, to the delivery drivers. We always stand there and have a good old natter. And um, uh, when I think it was just when it was just easing out of the toughest part of lockdown, and we had a delivery, and I said, "Oh, how's your day been?" And he said, it's been absolutely awful. I went, oh, my God, why? He said, people are starting to be really rude to me again. And people mm-hmm. were telling him that it was, the pandemic wasn't real. And that just, and he, he said, people were going, get the fuck upstairs. Come and to bring all the stuff in. Just mm-hmm. bring me my food. What are you doing leaving it at the doorstep? I don't want this. And he said, people were being rude. He said, and in lockdown, nobody was rude to him. No, we went from heroes to zeros very quickly again. Oh, that's horrible. It's just, uh, but that's, I mean, it just is what it is. When the roads got busy again, we were the burden, you know. and it's terrible. Yeah. I hope you were given a pay rise as well. I wish they had as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, we're going to play a little game, Gabby, if that's okay. We're going to play Kerry or Curtain. Okay. So I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. You need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtin. Oh, said. my God. I'm not going to know this. Okay. Well, you've got a 50-50 chance if you guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here we go. This is number one. We've got five altogether. That actually enrages me. Want to know why? Because there's not a human on this planet that looks like that. Curtin. It is. Do you know which episode? No, but I can picture it. I don't know what they're called, though. Uh, I can, oh, right. I know- that was the special. That was the uh, court sketch he was looking yes, at on the yes, TV. Yes. Yeah. One out of one. Very good start. Number two. If they don't make the effort with me, why should I actually make the effort with them? Curtain. That was Kerry. Ah. Uh, In the same episode, talking about her half-brothers to the vicar. Oh, yes. There you go. Uh, question number three. You eat that and I will smash this. <laughs> You eat that and I will smash this. I can, oh my God. And why I'm laughing is that my husband and I would say that. <laughs> oh my God. It was Kerry. Was it Kerry? It was Kerry yeah. in yeah. Oven Space. Yes, yes. When uh, yes. Curtin had that nub of cheese that he yes, was about to eat. The cheese. Yeah, and she had the, 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 the vase. Of flowers with no water in it for some reason. Uh, question number four. So, what's that? Two out of three so far, doing well. Number four. I'm not going to want to be sat on my room playing with Woody and Buzz. Uh, curtain. It is curtain. Yes, that's the very last episode. We're talking about the vicar leaving. So that's three out of four. So here's go for number five. Uh, you're just bitter because you killed the chickens. Oh well. Uh, oh oh oh. Uh, uh... Yes, that's is curtain. No, oh my god, it is. Cur- <laughs> yeah, it must be curtain. It is curtain yeah. in your favourite episode, the station. Yeah, that's four out of five. Well done. Well yeah. done. Very respectable. Done. Very, very good. Very um, respectable. So we did speak about the like the future of this country. Now in the works, and we've said for a few weeks now is the US version. Uh, how do you feel about that? Are you happy they're going to do an American version of this country? I'm very happy for uh, Daisy and Charlie. <laughs> um, I, I, no, it's funny. I mean, I have to. I know I've mentioned The Office before. I'm not a massive Office fan, and I, I, and I, I didn't. I watched a couple of the American ones. I just think the humour is different. If it's going to be made completely with the American humour, and I love American humour, so don't get me wrong. Mm. I just love ours. I love the way it is. I do. I love, like I've said to me, it's, it's, you know, five stars. So um, would I watch the American one? Probably not. Am I pleased for Charlie and Daisy? Yes, because I think it's going to be great for them and their futures and writing for elsewhere. Okay. So, so Shut up, stranger. I don't know who you are. Uh, A couple of other things. Um, You work with Terry Wogan um, quite a lot. Yeah, for 11 Uh, years. How was it? That was on Children in Need. Yeah, we did Children in Need for 11 years, and we did a show called Terry and Gabby show on Channel 5 for a year. And uh, 
he was the master. He was a mm-hmm. naughty, naughty bugger, though. He really was. <laughs> he was that real twinkle in his eye. And um, but, you know, you work. I work with the TV greats, really, with Chris and with um, uh, Terry. And, you know, so I'm very lucky, actually. Very, very lucky. And he is so, so I, I remember getting that phone call on a, the Sunday morning. And I do a Sunday afternoon radio show doing it for 11 years. And no, I haven't. I've been doing it for eight years. I lie. I was that, working with Terry was 11 years. So I've been doing it for eight years. And um, I got a phone call from the boss in the morning. And I thought, weird. He was ringing. And I went, hi. And he said, I'm really sorry, but Terry Wogan has died. And I was completely floored. And he said, if we understand if you don't want to come in, I went, oh, my God, Terry would have killed me. Mm. You know, he used to say, it's not brain surgery. You know, you're, you're, this is television, it's radio. What do you mean? You're not, go in. And I went in and I, um, you know, all the papers wanted to know, wanted quotes and I wasn't going to do that. So I could, I was very lucky to be able to do it on a live show to Mm. say how I felt and how sad it was. Mm. So when you're doing something like Children in Need, which obviously has a bit more of a sombre undertone, if you like, is that harder to do as a live show than say something like The Big Breakfast? Uh, no, because it's you've got to be able to know. I think I think all shows, even on the Big Breakfast, we had light and shade, and I think that's really important. I think um, people don't want wah 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 all the time, mm. and I think in the same way, you just with with the charity show, we the reason that Terry and I were there was to guide the show through raising money, telling people about the charity work that it did. Uh, it's, it's amazing work. And the thing about children in need is every single penny of every pound went to the kids. Um, and so, no, they're just very different shows, really. Very different. Mm. I did have a question, but it was a this country question, Gabby, again. Go on. You talked about how much you want this country to come back and how you'd love another series. Is there any scenarios you'd like to see? Um, oh, blimey. Uh, I don't want I don't want Vicar to go. Don't want him to move. I don't want he's got to come back. Um, I know so many actors and friends and comedians who want to be in it, and I don't want them to be. And I've said it to them as well. Mm. But go away! No, that's this is their show. Um, any scenarios that I want? No. Lots of people say they want to see the mum. I don't. Well, obviously we no. can't. Well, we know we. Everyone knows that it's that it's Daisy, but but I don't want to see her. Um, no, I've always I'm, said if you did see her, Gabby, it should only be her feet, like on Tom Tom and Jerry, where you saw the uh, maid's <laughs> feet shuffle past. That should be it. I don't even want to see that. Because <laughs> I don't. I think I think she probably's got quite. She's got dirty feet. Yeah, <laughs> they're like slabs of spam, apparently, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my other question I was going to ask is, with all the people that you've interviewed over the years, is there anybody left that you really, really, apart from Charlie, that you would really, really love to interview? Yeah. Um, yeah. One I've just interviewed, so I can't say that yet. Right. We're about to announce it, and it's very exciting. Um, so I've interviewed her. Uh, but there, I do have two others. Um, one is uh, Oprah Winfrey, and the other is Desmond Tutu. And uh, most of the movie stars that you see, and I'm very lucky to have interviewed most of them. I, that was it, really. Desmond Tutu and Oprah Winfrey. So if you know them, could you give, share me their numbers? And I'm happily... Of course we, we will. We, we've got Desmond Tutu on next week. So what I'll do Lovely. is I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll WhatsApp him and I'll... Uh, do you know why? I think, I think he is... Weirdly, I mean, I put a, um, an Instagram... Uh, picture of one of his quotes out today i i think that there are some really good people amazingly good people i have to say somebody else that i think is wonderful is ashley banjo i think um marcus rashford you know some extraordinary people i think there are a lot of people out there at the moment who are doing good mm. and um and i think there's a lot that i want to know more about uh, that where it comes from i think uh, oprah's always fascinated me i think she's incredible um uh somebody asked me the other day as well would any you know anybody over here because everybody i seem to choose is english i uh, sorry is um uh, is american i keep saying all these americans because i was also saying oh i'd love to interview michelle obama 
And, um, but actually, some, you know, who I also like, I'm sorry, going off because I'm suddenly thinking about it. No, carry but on. I'd, I'd like to interview some of the, the really old, great actors that I want their stories, you know, that I, all the young, uh, up and coming people I love to interview as well. But some of the, the real great, some, I mean, Eddie Redmayne, I've, I've interviewed him now a number of times. He's a delight to interview. And so all of that lot, I, I adore, adore chatting to them. But some of the real old greats, I, I want to say the name of that person, but I can't, but I have interviewed that person. But, but you know, before they, before they don't have the, can't share the stories anymore. Mm. I think we forget too quickly. I think we go on to the new hot young thing. Mm. But that also, oh, also Bradley Cooper, but that's a whole other reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, very waffly. I do apologize. No, no, that's, that's exactly what you wanted. Neil, you want any, any more questions, Neil? I was just going to say, the only reason you want to interview Bradley Cooper is he's got a surprisingly good singing voice. Is that why, Gabby? Uh, might be one of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, we had Bradley Cooper in my uh, wedding vows. Oh, really? Really? Yep. Not, not him. Oh, I mean, he wasn't right. actually there. <laughs> that would have been weird. Um, yeah. no, now, it, now it's just what context Bradley Cooper was in your wedding vows. Uh, that I that I had to say that uh, my husband had to say in his wedding vows that he would let me discuss the Bradley Cooper once a week and uh, George Clooney once a month. And I was going to be allowed to play a Barry Manilow track. Once I was only going to give me one a year. <laughs> oh, one, one Barry Manilow track a year. Yeah. But I don't worry. I snuck it into our wedding and he didn't even realize he was so drunk. He was dancing away. And I, I, went I have to ask. Went, That's Barry one? Manilow. Yeah. Which one? Well, what, what, what do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, Barry Manilow has written some amazing songs. Uh, Copacabana. It had to be. For it was a wedding. Be. Everybody out and dancing. Yeah. Of course. Oh, we love a bit of Bazza, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. We love a bit of Bazza. Well, Gabby, I want to thank you for uh, for doing us the honour of being able to tick off one of our bucket lists. Oh, yes. you've made my day. So now, now I think we're down to six on our bucket list. Who's so. on there? Who else? Oh, I don't know whether I should say live on air. Well, we've got uh, Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders, Kathy Burke, uh, Derma O'Leary. Um, who else is there? Uh, oh, Russell, Russell, Brand. Russell Brand, Jack Whitehall. I think that's it. I think that's it for the six at the moment. Uh, and obviously, on earth did you put me in with them? Those are all comedy be- geniuses. Because it's it's people that we want to talk to, people that we respect, and people that we've been fans of. You see. Aww. So there you go. I thought you'd say Chris. Isn't that funny? I thought you'd say oh, Chris. Uh, I mean, yeah, Chris. But the thing is, they, they've got to be fa- We know that those six are fans of this country. And the thing is, like you say, you've got actor friends that are fans of this country. I would love to know who they are because I can pester them on Twitter. Maybe we'll talk after we've uh, uh, after we've gone. <laughs> or you can put in a good word for us or something because we want to try and get try and get into 200 episodes uh but gabby thank you so much yes thank you gabby and if you ever find yourself in the cotswolds and want to drink in the keepers do let us know i love the cotswolds i absolutely love it which part are you in uh, Sirencester. Sir- Sirencester. Oh, you're actually there. You're in we, Sirencester. We are, yes, indeed. We we are the home of this country, if you like. Lovely. Oh, yes. how lovely. We'll uh, send it my love. Well, we'll do. Thank you very much, everybody. And uh... oh, just before we go, we've got oh. a few details. Oh, yes. put out. Um, sorry, Gabby, be with you in a sec. Um, you can find us on all the social medias under this country pod. Uh, please do come and give us a click and a like. You can email us if you've got any questions and anything you'd like to know about the show, WTAFThisCountry at Hotmail.com. And also do please check out our website where you can get tickets for our final live show at WTAFPodcast.com. Wonderfully said, Neil, and, w- and well remembered. I completely forgot. Uh, and come and subscribe to, uh, to the podcast, obviously, on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you get podcasts. Uh, and come and support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Uh, thank you once again, Gabby. Thank Hold you, on. Gabby. No, I have to ask you a question. Yes. Mm. Neil, what on earth were you just drinking? <laughs> what, here? <laughs> that is uh, for my sins, Vimto. 
I thought so. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's my little, uh, that's my guilty pleasure. I absolutely love Vimto. Sugar-free Vimto, of course. Yeah, of but, course it is. That is so funny. I thought you were drinking red wine out of a plastic <laughs> bottle. <laughs> I, if people know me, they would find that a shock. I don't actually drink. <laughs> oh, right. Well, there we go. When, yeah. I'm a one drinker. Good for you. There you go. And on that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> we shall say thank you very much, everybody, and go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? What does a guy call his best friends? His testies besties, of course. Halloween is right around the corner, and you don't want to spook someone with your scary bush. Our friends at Manscaped want to help make your boys downstairs clean and best friends of their own. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-waist grooming and offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Rawr! You might be Chewbacca, Bigfoot or a hairy bear, but it's what's under the costume that really matters. Now I'm a hairy guy, everywhere except on my head, so the Lawnmower 3.0 helps me feel clean and fresh and sorts out my parsnip pubes with little to no effort. Don't be that hairy guy. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find their electric trimmer called the Lawn Mower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your pumpkins. You can also create less mess by trimming in the shower or using their Magic Matte Disposable Shaving Mats. And of course, let's not forget about the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturiser. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? The Perfect Package 3.0 also includes anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keep your package cool and smelling fresh all day. For on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. It's time to get clean and mean with this Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTAF at manscaped.com. Stay sexy this Halloween. Your balls will thank you. Remember, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTAF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code WTAF. Trick or treat, keep your balls neat. Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.